powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. All right, Oilers fans, we are back. Thank you for watching Game Over Edmonton. We got our special guest today. It's Shaden. How you doing, buddy? I'm great. School's done. It's summer. Oiler playoff hockey, and they got the huge win today. Big W. And, and you know Zach and I are always here bringing you all the action every show. Uh, but hey, you know who else is getting you in on the action? It's our friend, Sports Interaction. Every hit, every shot, every goal from all your favorite teams and players. Guys, tonight, Edmonton put on a clinic. And with competitive odds, the best live in play, and more ways than ever to get into the game, like Minute Madness, the exclusive game with so many opportunities to win by the minute, you can make your bet with Sports Interaction. Download the app in Ontario, use the QR code you see at the bottom of the screen, or head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn to get started. 19 plus, please play responsibly. And once again, letting you know that we are raising money for Alphabet Sports Collective throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs. Alphabet Sports Collective creates a safe and inclusive environment in hockey for folks of all sexual identities and gender expressions through education, community building and mobilization. You can donate to Alphabet Sports Collective at www.alphabetsportscollective.com donate. All right, guys, let's get to it. Meat and potatoes of this game. What a game to talk about. When you look at it, it's 4-1, but no one cares about the scoreline at the end of this. This was a knuckle duster of a game. Zach, get us started, man. Get us hyped. Oh, man. This was one of my favorite performances from the Edmonton Oilers, uh, like potentially of all time. There's the caveat being if they win the series. Um, Man, this was such a hard fought, such a deserved victory. This was one of the most impressive games that I have seen the Edmonton Oilers play potentially in my like entire time watching uh, this team. You know, everything coming from coming off that last game, like we can all agree their worst performance. Like, honestly, I want to say of the season, besides that 6-2 game in Montreal on Super Bowl Sunday, that game was one of the most frustrating games. Um, I like I've ever watched, and I came you, on the you're show. You're forgetting Anaheim cool again, bud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> anyways, um, anyways, that game, I knew you just you knew the Oilers were going to respond, but to the degree that they responded, the Golden Knights should be scared. The Oilers dominated in every category that you possibly could, and I saw early on Golden Knights fans are saying, "Oh, the refs are handing the game to the Oilers. The refs are handing the game to the Oilers. Take away the Oilers' power play goal." They, they scored three, five on five. The Knights scored one. The Knights had uh, five power plays. They couldn't get anything done. The Knights were had their show run so hard. It's so embarrassing. They're going to be fuming. And obviously, we, we're going to get into this later. It's going to be a better effort uh, in Vegas uh, on Friday. But Oilers fans should be ecstatic. Ecstatic. Shaden, what do you think? Yeah, well, first thing about Vegas fans, I found it funny how they started complaining about the thing was the Yamamoto cross-check on Stone, which led yeah. to the outcome goal. Right off the bat. When, when the game before, I don't, I forgot who high-stick Yamamoto, because I don't really care. Um, yeah. But then, then it was like Eichel who scored like 10 seconds after, right? So they can complain about the refing all they want. Um, like you said, they got their show run 5v5. I'm pretty sure after two periods, they only had like four shots 5v5. They got killed. Um, they, they were better in the third period because the Oilers kind of sat back, but mm -hmm. yeah, no, the Oilers absolutely took it to them. They killed them. Um, very kind of like game two where it was, the game wasn't even close and you know, it's, it's kind of frustrating because I want the Oilers to play like this every single game. And for some reason they just don't. Mm -hmm. And inconsistency, know, like, that's the yeah. name of the Oilers. You, yeah. you get I, well, I think one of the biggest things that reasons as to why they played like that today, kind of to build on what you're saying, is uh, you got that two nothing save from Skinner, that huge save on Stone where Yamamoto did give the cross check. But Stone is a very skilled player; he was all alone in front. Like that was one of Stu's best saves. The others go the other way; they score a goal. That is that momentum saver, that thing you could build on that defense that happens in the defensive zone early on in the game that you didn't get early on. Both games one and game three, the Oilers scored the first goal, similar to how they scored tonight. Whether it's one was a five on five, one was on the power play. The difference is both games, Vegas responded within like two minutes of that goal, right? Skinner let in kind of 
not a weak goal, but one that you're like, come on, buddy, it's the final eight, make the save. You know what I mean, right? So this game, you get the saves, you get that insurance, and you could build. And once you start building, Vegas just Vegas and Vegas starts chasing. They, they they can't catch up. They they cannot catch up to the Oilers. The Oilers are too fast. Their neutral zone defense is top notch, next level. The adjustments that they made were phenomenal. Vegas is a, generates almost all their offense off the rush. They got nothing. I said this to you guys before the show. Uh, but credit to Adams on hockey on Twitter. Jason Adams. He brought up. He he was harping on how the Oilers in the first period of Game Three allowed. 12 or 13 high danger chances in the first period. That's an entire game's worth of high danger chances. This game through 40 minutes, Vegas got one high danger chance. One. Vegas is going to sit there and tell you they weren't good enough. But I think in the games that Edmonton lost, they were more bad than Vegas was good, if that makes sense. These games, I think Vegas just couldn't catch up to Edmonton. And this was Edmonton's best showing of the playoffs by far. Guys, let's let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Like when we talk about the power plays, I I thought this was a well refed game. Don't forget the this game started like twenty four seconds in with an, a penalty on McLeod for tripping. Right, like yeah. we we weren't getting all the power plays left, right, and center here, but. The Edmonton Oilers power play is just too deadly. You give them a chance and they'll score on it. Uh, when you get these later power plays into the game, those are all write-offs because that at that point in the game, no one's thinking about scoring anymore. It's more about getting out with all of your fingers. Uh, looking at this start, guys, there's something about games in this Stanley Cup playoffs where everything's a blowout like this has been a series of blowouts back and forth back and forth yeah what sort of insight do you have on this because i i this think is it's wild. a bit overstated i don't know like i i i see people complaining about the games like toronto beat you know, uh, florida 2-1 today i think most toronto games have been relatively close like our games yeah. the bat like they're within the balance of the game of like there there, there could be a winner you know, it, it could go either way um, for, you know, a, a significant portion of time. Like, I believe, I want to say, you know, game, the first game, the Oilers won, or the Vegas won, the Oilers scored four goals. And then game three, the game that the Oilers lost, like, that was 1-1 one, one game through, you know, I mean, 10, 10 minutes in, or I believe longer. Then Vegas got, like, three goals in, like, a bunch within, like, six minutes and kind of just put it to bed. But I don't think that they've been bad. I think I'm also biased because, again, I'm cheering for a team in the playoffs. So to me, this is a phenomenal game. But I also think, you know, with all that physicality, all that, you know, all the shenanigans that happened in the third period that I'm sure we can get into more, um, that that kind of, it, to me, that makes it a really good game. One I, I, Before we kind of go into the deep stuff, I just want to ask you guys before the game, because this is going to be a big talking point. Uh, Jay Woodcroft makes the decision to go 12-6. and six. The Oilers uh, in the regular season don't have a – I think their eleven and seven record is significantly better than 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 when they go twelve and six. I believe they've gone eleven and seven almost every single game except for game one against LA. Uh, I'll shade and I'll ask you, and then Dennis, what were your thoughts when you saw that they were going eleven and six, and Yanmark was the guy coming into the lineup? I wanted them to go twelve and six against Vegas. No, it was different against LA because they had that annoying trap, right? And no, the first. Three or four games, you know, Connor wasn't really getting going, right? Hyman wasn't going. Kane wasn't going. Nuge wasn't going. It was kind of just dry style carrying around that top six. So, um, but, you know, Vegas, they got a really good center part, right? They got Jack Eichel, William Carlson, and Chandler Stevenson. And with that center depth, and, and they got Nick Waugh on the fourth line. So yeah. you got to spread out that center depth. And, you know, that's why I really wanted them to go 12-6 and six to start game one. And, yeah, it was a great adjustment by Woodcroft, like always. Um, I I was kind of shocked to see Yamark in. I thought he'd be out for a bit longer. I didn't even know he was like practicing. I, mm-hmm. I, I thought he'd be out for the series, but you no, know, Yamark was great on the PK like always. Um, no, I never got I never got want to touch on Darren A. I mean, he had the yeah. the first two games were bad, but these last two games he's probably been one of our better defensemen. I'm not gonna lie. Um, on a night he had a, a 92 expected goals for percentage. So holy, he was he was one of our top players. Of the game, so um, just well, good on yeah. Vinny. Just good on Vinny for bouncing back because a lot of people were kind of harping on him for those two games. My, so, myself yeah. included, I was one of those guys harping on Vinny. Last uh, last game was his his best game of the playoffs, I believe, and then he built on it this game, playing with Kulak, playing the minutes, 
I saw Bruce Kerlock point out a neutral zone defense adjustment that allowed the Oilers forwards to support Vinny. And again, can't remember it off the top of my head, but they made Vinny's life easier. Vinny, uh, again, performed when he had to. The, the penalty kill was phenomenal, uh, even though, you know, it, it hasn't really been a, a weak point for the Oilers this series. Vegas's power play is something that just kills their momentum, right? Yeah. Like, they come out two minutes. You, th- I was really worried when McLeod took that penalty. I'm like, okay, McLeod clearly buzzing. Uh, the crowd is going. He's feeding off that energy. He forechecks a little too hard, chops down the Vegas defender, and they're immediately that's called. And I'm like, oh, no. They kill it off, and then McDavid draws kind of like a regular season slashing call, right? Something that, you know, happens 30 times a game, but never gets that call. So I was really happy to see, and they kind of even it up there. The refs are kind of, they were really trying to keep it even throughout the game, you could tell. Even, you know, later on, they had that, there was that thing where Vegas had too many men, and Nurse was tripped kind of (laughs) on a partial break, and they just weren't calling anything because they were at that point like one for two on the power play or whatever, but whatever, we can get into that more. But one thing I just want to say before we continue on, uh, there is currently 72 people watching. I see John Jensen, Riddy, you're making some great points in chat. Mickinator, MGD is always Mookie. I saw Adele, uh, Dave Rollins, ton of people. Dana, never seen you before. Travis Sautner, thanks for joining us. This is a blast. It's going to be a fantastic show. Please hit that like button, subscribe to SDPN, support the channel. Uh, we can't wait to be back with you for game five and so on because we have a blast doing these. I'm so excited. Shaden's here and whatnot. But yeah, um, what I was going to say is, yeah, that first period, was absolutely dominant, right? The Oilers come out of it three nothing. Vegas isn't getting a sniff. How 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 nervous were you after that third period? Did you did either of you think that Vegas had a chance of coming back? Uh, Dennis, I'll ask you then. Shaden, I I didn't feel it. Like you looked you looked at the way Vegas played today, and it felt like the way the Oilers played last game, right? Half the time you look at a Vegas player and there's a chance that he's sitting on his ass. So there's this amazing bounce back here from the Oilers where they played so hard, so gritty. The hits were obviously fantastic, but just the pressure, the sticks in shooting lanes, bodies in shooting lanes that stopped Vegas from really getting any momentum early on in the game specifically. I thought by the time it got to the third period, it was a little too little too late for Vegas they do have that annoying tendency where they start playing a very different game when they start playing the let's beat each other up type of game and Zach we talked about it before the Vegas Golden Knights are not built for that style of play like everything that they do when they try and threaten the Oilers feels empty Because the Oilers are just this hulking monstrosity when you try and fight them hand-to-hand. And Vegas doesn't have the actual guys that are capable of going toe-in-toe with them. Jay, what what are your thoughts? About Vegas's, like, physicality or about, like... The third period, that physicality. I kind of got that nerves because, you know, it's it's the Oilers and there's always this, like, feeling that, oh, they could choke it Mm because we see that time and time again. Yep. But, I mean... No, I mean, they, they weren't going to choke the lead. This is a different team. Um, I think that Woggle was nice, though. I think there was no yes. chance for Skinner on that one. I was like, no, oh, right yeah. over the shoulder. It, it yeah, alone. Beauty. First goal of the playoffs gets off the schneid. It, and that was just a nice goal. That There, there was a, a little bit of a lack of back pressure from Leon, but Leon was in beast mode tonight, right? He was throwing a million checks, and on that back check, he was just focused on being physical. He wasn't really focused on defense. So, yeah, that's just kind of what you said. But the Woggle was sick. And you got the Leon that was throwing reverse hits, really hammering guys like shoulder first right into the boards. This is the the Leon that exemplifies power forward. Like this is the epitome of power forward in today today's modern NHL. And you you look at everyone, it's a supporting cast effect too. Like I thought as a line McLeod, Fogel, and Ryan were so good today as well. Like something yeah. about the buzz. Fogel and McLeod have to have some sort of like natural chemistry going on here because those passes there that they were zipping back and forth, they're just like 96% of the way there. They're, they're just missing that, that final it, little bit of finish. Yeah, that 4% finishing from Fogel, that one timer, he had, I can't remember who the defenseman was that passed it up. It might have been Kane to McLeod. McLeod right across the crease to Fogel, who just misses the one-timer. It was a pretty good save by Hill. But McLeod is flying. Because of that McDry adjustment, right, finally Woodcroft makes the decision full-time, splits them apart 5-on-5. Five five. I only saw them together one time 5-on-5 five five is right after the first kill of the first period. That was the only time they were together. Other than that, it was five, it was three different lines. 
gave Vegas a ton of fits. They had no answer because, as you saw later on, Ryan Nugent Hopkins got going five on five. Evander Kane was going five on five. The Oilers are a completely different beast. And not to mention that this is the, again, like I said, the performance is the most dominant. This is the most dominant third line I've ever seen in an Edmonton Oilers uniform. Like the, the Derek Ryan is never in his own zone ever. It's either he's killing penalties or he's in the offensive zone. I like, I remember getting frustrated with Derek Ryan a little bit early on in his Oilers tenure. I thought he was a little slow. Oh my God. Has he made me look like an idiot? What a fan. I've never seen a smarter hockey player. He is phenomenal. Shane, what did you think of the third line tonight? Love them. I absolutely love them. I've always had, I've always loved Ryan McLeod and Mm -hmm. I tweeted this out too. If he just shot the puck a bit more often, he'd be like a 20 goal scorer, probably like a consistent 40 to 50 third line center shutdown guy. And I really, I, I want him to gain some offensive creativity because he has the speed and he has the puck skills to do it. And I think as he matures, he will eventually put those things together and he will go off. And, you know, Warren Fogel has made me eat crow. I wasn't the happiest when we, when that trade first went down, I was a big Ethan Barrett fan. But he's been so good this season. Um, you know, he's kind of, you know, he's also kind of like a power forward. You know, he throws the body a lot. He's very tenacious on the forecheck. I, I love him. And, yeah, like, like you said, Derek Ryan's such a great, smart defensive player. Heck, even Nick Bukes had very similar to him. Um, I, I just love our whole bottom six. Clean Costin had another good game. It's, Phenomenal. It's amazing. It's it's nice to see the Oilers finally have a capable bottom six. It's we've been waited years for this and back to back games. It's nice. Back to back games. The bottom six gets off, gets them, starts the scoring five on five. Right. I, I see in the chat, MGD added me said, look at Glenn Dom shout out. And Glenn Dom says, Zach, can you give a shout out to big Jade and I make <laughs> his day? So yeah, I'm, I'm in a good mood. The Oilers won. Here's your shout out, big J. Hope you have a good night. Um, but yeah, no, the chat's just popping off. So yeah, guys, once again, hit that like button. We really appreciate it. Uh, let's make the goal. Uh, what was the score? It was four to one. Let's let's make it, let's make it 141. We haven't crossed triple digits in a while. There's 107 of you watching. So please hit it. And yeah, let's get back to, let's get back to the game. And I, I know there's a lot of other things we're talking about, but the, the big story tonight is the physicality, I think, in the third period. There was a ton of plays. People were getting thrown out. It started with Yamamoto and Stevenson, and Sportsnet never even showed the replay, so we don't even know. I don't even still don't know what happened there. But, man, it starts off. the So the whole game, like, I, I, before we kind of start in the third period, the Edmonton Oilers, every chance they got, it's it's kind of been this complete 180 where one game Vegas has their forecheck going and they're causing our defense to uh, create turnovers. And then Edmonton gets their uh, forecheck going. And Edmonton is one of the, is the second, I believe the second biggest team in terms of just average height left in the playoffs. I think Dallas is the only team that's bigger. And when guys like Leon and Evander Kane are targeting you and hammering you shift after shift after shift, you're going to get frustrated in all game. Edmonton's defense, whether it was Braden McNabb, Alex Petrangelo, Shea Theodore in the first eight minutes, the forecheck caused massive issues because he had, he would cause essentially the first two goals against. He is the turnover. Uh, Bukestad, Costin, forecheck caused the turnover. Um, and then he gets really frustrated. Spears, Costin in the nuts, com- very undisciplined. The most disciplined team in the NHL has co- become completely unbuttoned. They've, I believe, in both losses, uh, they've they've uh, had a franchise record for penalty minutes each game. So they've come undone quite a bit. But yeah, you see that frustration just completely boil over because it's similar to what happened last game. Vegas knows they're not getting back in the game. You see, they're missing nets. They're doing whatever. Even Eichel. Uh, his his beard reminds me of a picture Jamal Murray uh, shared a few years ago. So, dude, you can Eichel, Google that and figure that out. Eichel with his whole like look, his hair and his facial hair, it looks like the dude from Home Alone. Yeah, like the one robber from Home Alone. Dude, dude is like greasy. And I, I, here's the thing: like Vegas, you look at this team and and they're just greasy, but they're unable to actually get it done. Right. LA was greasy. I, I think LA, Vegas is like LA, Vegas isn't greasy. Vegas like exactly. wants to be, but they they want to be greasy. They got the slick back hair. They got the mustache going, but they don't got it in them. They don't got that dog in them. But meanwhile, you see guys like Bukestad, like you said, like Costin, Kane, especially. They're not taking anything from anyone. Now, 
I, I do know that you're you're recapping the game, but I wanted to jump in quickly because I did get some breaking news from producer Rob. Thank you very much. Much love out there to producer Rob. Um, Darnell Nurse is getting a one game suspension, but it can it's, be overturned on review. So, yeah. guys, what do you think about that? No, no. Uh, yeah, so far, nothing regarding Petrangelo and his slash well, on Leon Dreisaitl. They'll announce that if he's having a hearing or not, but I can guarantee you Alex Petrangelo will have a hearing whether or not he gets fined or cross my fingers suspended because of what a game changer that could be. Um, you know, whatever. But uh, I'll just give my thoughts. I don't think Darnell Nurse is going to get suspended now. I don't remember much precedent for this. And I know the rule, but I can't think of an example either way of the player getting suspended or not getting suspended off the top of my head. Uh, but again, I think they both willingly just engaged. Like, I don't think, I know he gets the instigator technically, but I, that to me was just a fight. Like, I don't necessarily, I can't see Darnell Nurse getting suspended. I think they'll repeal it. Um, but, uh, Shaden, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, if nurse gets suspended, not potential, that's a joke. First of all, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what he did. That's suspendable though. He just, what started an Instagram in the past, five, like in the last five minutes. And that's, just, that gets you a one game suspension. Like it makes, yeah. it makes no that's sense. It. And from Elliot no Friedman, sense. that's what, that's what apparently yeah, that, that's the, rule the rule is. It's an I, automatic. I think they'll appeal it. I, I, that just looked like a normal fight to me. Um, yeah, that's that's very questionable. That's weird. That They shouldn't suspend him. Not yeah. at all. I, I think it, he won't get suspended. I think you'll hear tomorrow that it, it's not. he's not going to get suspended. Alex Petrangelo, on the other hand, Leon Drysaddle. So I, in my head, when I saw you know the clock was ticking down and Vegas was getting more and more chippy, they're taking runs at Stu. They're doing everything they could possibly do to try and get an edge because the Oilers have just dominated and embarrassed them like embarrassed them it was like in a midget team playing an atom team like this was not a fair fight from the beginning the oilers are the physical edge they have the skill edge like this was unfair and you saw vegas get really fed up with it and later on in that third it, it, it there was that yamamoto thing but then it really escalated when alex petrangelo is kind of gets the puck on the boards he's kind of start the breakout he goes to turn, and Evander Kane was going for the hit. He was never not going for the hit. They're targeting Petrangelo. They're trying to make his life miserable, just like the Knights are trying to target Bouchard. And he hits Petrangelo. Petrangelo numbers, he kind of like comes from behind, and he makes contact on the numbers, but he's already falling over. I Again, to me, not suspendable. I saw a bunch of Vegas fans want Kane suspended. I don't think that's a suspension. I think that's happened numerous times throughout the series. And, maybe maybe he gets a fine just based on his name being a vander kane but i don't think if that's ryan Eugene hopkins is getting a suspension like like how is that any different from what brett howden did to evan bouchard in the first period of the last game you know what i mean the cross check right into the boards from behind and that clearly affected bouchard in game three so i don't think that's a suspension but trangelo straight up tried to take the best player out of the series like that's what his goal was his goal was i want to injure leon dry a puck was nowhere near him and he whacks him as hard as he can in the in the hands the refs called it a major penalty because of intent to injure i believe and yeah, he will be getting a call from player safety. If Petrangelo is suspended, there's one of two things could happen. We can get into the storylines a little bit down the road. But what did you guys make of that play with Alex Petrangelo and uh, Leon Dreisaitl? Che, do you want to go ahead first? Just dirty. Um, it's pathetic, actually. Mm -hmm. um, like you said, they're getting their teeth kicked in and... You know, they're, yeah, they're going to take a run of at, at our stars. And that's what really made me appreciate Darnell Nurse stepping up. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're we're not the Seamal Oilers. We're not going to take this crap from these these players. And, yeah, um, I mean, if Petrangelo is suspended for the next game, that's, that's huge for us. That's such a big advantage because you're in Vegas, right? If you can steal that game, you're coming home to game six in Edmonton to close out the series. Mm -hmm. That would be, be huge um but like i said we'll see what happens over the next couple of days but yeah um i think connor just spoke about it in his interview saying he needs to be suspended he's, oh yeah 
Exactly. And so yeah, it's it's a well, joke. Then Alex Petrangelo sees, oh, Connor McDavid is the guy coming at me. I'm gonna try and fight him. If it's any other player, he doesn't throw any punches. It's just a scrum, right? But we saw it with Stamkos and Austin Matthews. They see it's the best player and they take advantage. They want to do whatever they can to get a physical edge, get an advantage, get those guys off the ice. Thank God it was the end of the game, right? There nothing really came of it. But yeah, no, Connor was furious. That's as dirty of a play as you can get. It's one thing like. The Oilers, what they did, what they did to Mark Stone early on is okay. During the play, you're walking that line. You're telling you know there's an injury, but you're doing stuff that's within the rules of the game to to give yourself a competitive advantage. If they go overboard on the cross check, the ref calls it right. What Alex Petrangelo did is just skated up to Leon Drysidle and like he's Mark McGuire trying to hit a home run, just tries to take off Leon Drysidle's fingers. Like it's unbelievable right like he's i can't he's pulling an executioner right like he wound up and absolutely just two-hand chopped dry sidle. and you're right like it, it's wild if nurse has to serve a suspension and petrangelo doesn't right i i wouldn't put it past well, the department of player safety like let's let's be honest mm-hmm. the nhl has no recourse in terms of this punishment and keeping players safe it's it's a joke but mm-hmm. I think the fact that Nurse potentially has a suspension hanging over his head does make the likelihood that Petrangelo's suspension might happen as well. Couple I, I just can't see, like, for the good of hockey and for the good of this series, yeah, I can't thanks. see both happening couple things before and then i'll let shane give his thoughts on this so i see mgd in chat says i like broberg he isn't ready to play a couple games and i saw some people giving broberg some love earlier broberg in this series has actually been relatively good broberg's the best game of philip broberg's career came against the vegas golden knights he played 23 minutes i believe he was a significant i think it was like a 60 or controlled 60 percent of the expected goals and he that, that the best game of broberg's career came against the vegas golden knights last season but what this reminds me of as well uh, and we can kind of go both ways with this, is last year in the playoffs, game six, going to L.A., must-win game, Darnell Nurse is suspended for headbutting Philip Deneau, right? So the Oilers have experience playing without Darnell Nurse. Brett Kulak in that game stepped up, like we've seen in the playoffs so far this year. Brett Kulak's already stepped up. Obviously, Brett Kulak would have to step up a lot more. Philip Broberg would have to step up a lot more. Matthias Ekholm probably would play like 30 minutes if uh, – if Darnell Nurse is suspended, but we've seen the Oilers go into a game six on the road with Darnell Nurse out. Now, it was one of those things, I think, when the Oilers dressing them, they saw Nurse is suspended, and they rallied around that. The team defense improved, right? That game six is one of the best games we've ever seen Connor McDavid play. Like, that was an inspiration to the team. What I'm hoping is, and what the thing that I think, and you guys can let me know if you even think this is a possibility, and maybe I'm just being a, a, cautious, a, a neurotic Oilers fan, but you know, Petrangelo gets suspended and that's what really tightens up Vegas's game, right? They, they rally around that and that's kind of their thing. Like, yeah, the best players out, we all need to be better. We all need to increase our compete. And if we want to win, you like, you know, when David Ayers came in uh, for Carolina against the Leafs, you saw just that urgency and that intensity that the Leafs just couldn't match. Like, you know, you have a disadvantage. So you just play to the utmost best of your ability and that's what pushes you over the top so that's the only thing that worries me about alex petrangelo's suspension but i think the killer instinct in the oilers is i i like this to me is a, a i've never seen this level of killer instinct like the way like con leon i've never seen him driving around like an absolute like a rhino just destroying people evander kane destroying people warren fogel destroying Evan Bouchard was stepping up on people at the blue line. People were complaining for years about the lack of physicality in Evan Bouchard's game. Every oiler, whether it's McDavid or Derek Ryan or Kyler Yamamoto, is finishing their checks and playing physical, and they want to kill the Vegas Golden Knights. They are, you can tell, when Connor says something in an interview like that, they are mad. I'm very, very excited to see what happens. This series, I know, again, people are, like you said off the top, Dennis, people are like, oh, this is, they're bad, the blowouts. This is one of the most fun series I can remember just because one, you never know who's going to show up. We've seen phenomenal performances. You could see, I think McDavid started to really come out of his shell during that shorthanded rush where he did that deep pass to Yanmark right through Yanmark's like to miss it. But you, you start to see Connor start demanding the puck, getting more and more rushes. I believe he's healthy. I don't think there's anything wrong with him other than, you know, the regular bumps and bruises, but man, I am so excited for game five. What, what did, what do you think would happen if Alex Petrangelo gets suspended, Shaden? 
Um, like you said, I mean, that's something a team would rally around. But mm-hmm. I think the Oilers would be fine with that. I think they yeah. would they could they take advantage over Vegas without their top pair demon. Um, you know, they well, might play they, the Vegas would definitely play tighter, but mm-hmm. um, Dave and Drysdale can easily overcome them when you have two of those best players in the world. Anything could happen. So, Absolutely. um, I think Vegas would be kind of crapping their pants if if Bertrand gets suspended, right? Oh, and, yes. And if Nurse does get suspended, like you said, I have faith in Matthias Echo to play those tough minutes. We've seen Brett Kulak do it, and like you said, Broberg's been really good this series. So mm-hmm. um, the Oilers have the lo- the depth on the lo- left side in case a, a suspension yes. or injury like this happens. Yes. So, no, I'm not worried at all. One I, thing to – yes. Oh, sorry, sorry. Do you continue? Continue. I don't want to cut you off. No, no, it's okay. I was on. Oh, okay. I just wanted to say real quick before Dennis gives his thoughts that – Think, remember, Shea Theodore was the like original cause of Vegas' first two goals. The first eight minutes of the game were a nightmare for him. If Petrangelo's out, Shea Theodore is the one who's getting elevated, right? I believe he's the right-handed defenseman, and Martinez is a left. I might be wrong, or maybe, uh, but I believe Theodore no, is the is, second is Theodore, right-handed yeah. defenseman. Yeah, you're elevating Shea Theodore's minutes. That could be a major advantage because I think Shea Theodore is what a lot of Oilers fans thought Evan Bouchard was, you know, pretty good offensively, but, you know, lacking in the defensive zone. Evan Bouchard, besides game three, where he had those hiccups after getting crossed, you can head is outstanding. And uh, Shea Theodore was a nightmare. So Petrangelo's out and you have to upgrade Theodore. Man, the Knights could be in a world of hurt. So, yeah, it's it's going to be real interesting here. Look, and I, I wanted to bring in a couple of quotes coming from the uh, post-game press conferences. Uh, obviously, uh, producer Rob sharing a McDavid quote there. The two-hander on Dreisaitl is as much intent to injure as you can get and says that Petrangelo should be suspended. You get calls from Ryan Nugent Hopkins saying it's not really a hockey play. You know that he's not, you know what he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. And Nick Bugstad calls it a dirty play. Like, it, it's very clear that when you have guys that are playing playoff hockey, right, there is there is that line and it gets a little bit muddled during yeah. the emotions of a game. But post game, when you see a unanimous call from the entire team to go, hey, that's not acceptable. We're not going to go down to that level. We're not going to start murdering each other on ice with our sticks. There's something that has to happen. My fear is knowing the history of the Department of Player Safety, knowing the history of the NHL, they're going to write this off as like a coincidental to say, oh yeah, well, Nurse technically had an automatic suspension. So we're going to cancel this one and then we're not going to do anything to Petra Angelo, maybe a $5,000 fine, the maximum under the CBA. And then they're just going to call it at that. Like that is the fear. But to be honest, well, if you, if I'm answering your question and uh, Petrangelo does get suspended, I don't think the Vegas Golden Knights have it in them to mm-hmm. actually fight this Oilers team the way that they're running right now if the engine is this hot like like in this game and in game game. two in every second game if the oilers break that streak and come in tomorrow well come in uh, on friday like they want to win the game the vegas no amount of morale no amount of like camaraderie they're not going to get to in order to win the series they'll have to win two in a row at some point whether it's this game and next game or game six and game seven if you if the edmonton Oilers are going to win the series they have to win two in a row so yeah there's definitely that and that's an important thing to remember so uh i think it's going to be very pivotal seeing what happens to those two players really made a great point talking about how they the DOPS suspended McCarr. Like, they could easily suspend Alex Petrangelo. When the best player in the world says that he should be suspended, like, that is the, probably the most impactful, insightful quote, I should say, into what McDavid's actually thinking after a game that I've ever heard Connor McDavid say. So I, I really do believe that, um, yeah, uh, he will get suspended for one game. So there's that. Like, let's get back to it, because I know that has been the the dominant storyline. Obviously, the refs tried to calm things down, but you send off, like, Yamamoto and, like, who was it that went off? Yeah, like, Stevenson. Like, Kane. 
at one point right when you start ejecting guys how much does that mean for the rest of the team to go you know what the ref's trying to call this game let's just get into it let's let's try and have a little tilt here let's have a little fun send a message and i'm just gonna hit the showers early well do you think that that's that they're just trying to keep the playoffs as clean. They have, this is happening all over the league. Like I don't think it's uh, it's that deep or anything. One thing we, I kind of did acknowledge, I will say that nurse Nick Hag, Nick Hag, well, Hag, 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 yeah, I can't Hag. say his last name. Jeez, oh, <laughs> but saying Robert Hag, maybe. Anyways, um, yeah, that was one of the that was one of the best fights I've ever seen. Like just straight up, that it was equal. I thought like both guys definitely got their blows in. Nurse didn't look like he was any worse for wear after the fight. And I know we kind of talked on about the consequences of that, but I thought that was an exceptional fight. I was a little I, like full disclosure, I was a little giddy when that happened, even though there were some negative consequences to it. What do you guys think of the play of Stuart Skinner? Great. Um, you know, I don't think I mean he we can call spades, but he hasn't been the best this postseason, but that's expected, right? He's a rookie goalie, first year in the playoffs. Um, but one thing about Stu is that after bad outing he shows up the next night and he's done that consistently he made the saves he needed to he was gray on the pk today phenomenal um and yeah the, the sky's the limit for him like i i really think he can be one of the best goalies in the league if he can conti- if he continues on the trend he's on right now and mm. uh yeah just a great game for great game for him i didn't think last game i didn't even think last game was on him to be honest i mean no. especially in the first period of that game could have been like Four one Vegas, you know, totally. right? So, um, good for him. And uh, yeah, I, I know a lot of people wanted this Campbell to get the start today, and I could see why. I mean, Cap Campbell's kind of the reason why we're still kind of in the playoffs. If you remember <laughs> that game, we want to talk about Game Four from LA, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, like good for Stu. Um, I know he's gonna have a great game on Friday. Um, yeah, just a. Calm. I, I will say about Stu, I, he was calm. Um, I think uh, it was funny. Early on, one of the things where I think you saw, and again, I, I agree with you totally. Like, I don't think it was on Stu whatsoever. He let in some high danger chances. You like the stops, but it's one of those things where you, it's it's really tough to complain or be sad. Like you understand it, but again, whatever. We've had this discussion a million times. But I will say, Vegas, you saw, was targeting his glove. And he was coming up with glove saves at big times. That was the difference to me in this game. I saw on the Vegas' power play, one of their defensemen, I believe it was Theodore this time, snuck in kind of, it wasn't 5-on-5 five five like the white flag goal last game, but he snuck in from the top of the zone, did get a shot off. And instead of, obviously, Strew had all that room over his shoulders this game, he was a lot taller and made those shoulder saves that Vegas was kind of exploiting last game. He was a lot calmer. But I don't necessarily believe he played like I can't say he played significantly better than he did last game. I think the other's defense was just top notch, next level, right? Like I think Stu was was has been consistent. I think he's been consistently good. And if you can support him, games like this, obviously every game against Vegas is not going to be this complete domination that we've seen in games two and games four. Uh, I assume that they will be closer as the series goes on, as the penalties could, you know, kind of dry up depending on the physicality. We'll see what happens there. Cause there is going to be some, it's going to be heated. I think when, the, when game five gets started, but it's going to be really interesting, but I have full, I have a lot of faith in Sue. And when I see him make those first couple of glove saves, you see that pad save um, on, on stone, you see him kind of, they showed it on the broadcast. That was like, uh, there was a tip and he kind of was moving one way, but he torqued his hips to go the other way and stopped the redirection. And you're, you just can feel confident with him in the net. Dennis, how'd you feel about Stu's play? Yeah. From the hop, like Stu at the end of the game, it didn't, his numbers show that he didn't get tested a whole heck of a lot compared to Aiden Hill on the other side, but you look at it and so many of those big saves he came up with them when you needed them and credit where credit's due. Like you, you talk about that first pad save on stone. Yes. It's fantastic that Skinner got the stretch out just to, to stop it there. But if it wasn't for that defensive play by Yamamoto to kind of chop him in the back, right. Call a spade a spade, like you said, but if it wasn't for that level of defensive play, clearing the net, getting him some vision during these plays, 
Skinner is not going to make as many of these big quality saves, right? The things that we saw last game was Knights just hovering in that slot area, hovering in yeah. front of Skinner, getting just a tiny little bit of a stick tip on things. Much better in front of the net. So, so much better. And the fact that they're clearing out the crease a lot more consistently this game. And you said his glove hand. They flashed the uh, the graphic last time, and I think it was like... 13 uh, high glove chances or something like that to like five everywhere else for Stuart Skinner. They, he clearly, clearly took that to heart because he absolutely flashed the leather tons of times. The one that really stuck in my mind was early, early in the third period. Uh, Carlson had a great chance and just amazing grab out of the air from Stuart Skinner. I, I think his confidence is definitely back. Um, it's always weird, right? We have this sort of stew or Jack stew or Jack. Where do we go? Is it going to ruin someone's confidence? If we pull, if, is it going to be bad? If we switch to Campbell all of a sudden, I, I think I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid. I think they just love each other. If one guy's having a struggle, the other guy comes in, bails him out a little bit, at least takes some of the heat off. Skinner is the number one goalie for sure in Edmonton right now. I think next game, if the, again, the defense is at the same level, I have full faith in Stuart Skinner closing it out. Yeah. Stu was, um, Stu was great. He was also, I just want to say again, on the penalty kill, like the penalty kills, he was good, but Stu was tracking the puck exceptionally well on the penalty kill. Marsh so at a one timer. I know he didn't get all of it kind of on one of Vegas's later power plays, but Stu was gobbling everything up. There wasn't many rebounds. Conversely, Aiden Hill rebound machine, not nearly as scary this game as he was in, you know, the prior two appearances that we've seen him. So, uh, uh, yeah, it seems like Aiden Hill, like seriously, like the most mid goalie ever, not exceptional. Lots of rebounds. There is a place to score. Bouchard and Ekholm kind of score identical goals from the opposite sides. Um, there is space in front. There's always going to be chances. Uh, but uh, we can get into the play of Aiden Hill if you want. But the one thing that I also want to say and make sure I want to make sure we touch on this because this is a huge thing. And if this guy gets going, this could be a game changer for the Oilers this series. We finally got a Ryan Nugent Hopkins yeah. five on five goal. How excited were you, Shaden, when you saw Nugent Hopkins score? I loved it. I was so happy for him. You know, like, yeah, like him and Hyman have kind of been um, lackluster all playoffs long. And I mean, Hyman is clearly nursing something on his leg or his knee. But, you know, I, I, I really have a feeling Nugent is also having an injury right now. Mm-hmm. I, I think. I don't know who posted a screenshot, but someone posted a screenshot from an Oilers Plus episode, and it looked like there's something wrong with his shoulder, and New just yes. had a lot of shoulder injuries in his career. So, um, but yeah, it was nice to see him get off the schneid. Hopefully, this builds confidence in his game, and we get to see, you know, Nuge get a couple of goals, maybe Hyman starts to get going too, because last playoffs, the big driver for us were our wingers. Um, Kane had 13 goals, right? Nuge, I think Hyman had like 11 and like yeah. half, half like of them were against goal a game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Kane had 13. Had, yeah. Yeah. Nuge had like around six or seven. So um, I've been, I, I've been saying this for weeks ever since game one until like once our top six wingers finally get going, this team's a machine. No one's going to mm-hmm. stop them besides like, Maybe Carolina, and if Ottinger in the th- if we get if we meet Dallas in the third round, right? If if we gotta be Vegas first, <laughs> yeah. Well, like I, I think this team's a is a wagon. Uh, yeah. And you saw the signs today. You saw the signs. Well, during game two, it's this is this is a good team. This is a really good team. I agree. With you. They're a wagon, but they also are a wagon that has episodes like they did in game three, right? Where they are just like, they look like they're, you know, the Columbus blue jackets. If you took the jerseys off, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. You know, it's, it's like when you're on the Oregon trail, right? Sometimes you lose an axle and you can't ford a river. And next thing you know, like half your supplies are washed away. Uh, One thing about the Nuge goal I really wanted to bring up was the fact that it, it not only was your prototypical Nuge goal, it was that like quick low blocker snap of a shot that he has. But early on during the zone exit, Nuge did a fantastic job out muscling like three Vegas Golden Knights, just getting it out of the defensive zone into that transition. So I, I'm wondering, maybe he does have a bit of an injury. Maybe it's a shoulder, but 
it's clearly something that he's working through. He still has a lot to give. It, it's not a situation where uh, he can afford to be a passenger because of so-and-so. So I have full faith in Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I think he's going to step it up for sure later on in, in the series. And his engine's definitely picking it up. One of the happiest players, I think, for Ryan Nugent Hopkins was Connor McDavid. When you saw him get that goal, Connor, first thing was just the point, the leader. laugh. He's he's a great guy. He's a leader, like you said. D- during the uh, first period, I can't remember when it was. He he was on the uh, he was tapping guys on the bench, the third liners, going, "Hey, great job, good effort." It was after the uh, Bukestad goal. Yeah, he was just absolutely. tapping guys on the head, He's going, "Hey, standing on the job. bench when they're up four nothing, and Clem Costin goes for one of those amazing shot blocks, right? Like those are the character plays. So these guys are there; they want to win so bad. This is I've never seen the hunger to win like I have on this Oilers team. Like we've seen them make runs before, but this this team, like w- they might win, they might lose, but the way that they're playing, it feels different. They feel more motivated. You, you just feel that under in this. I hate using like these cliches, like these boomer hockey guide, sports journal cliches, but you can, uh, they, there is something to it when you can, uh, you can feel that they know what it takes to win in the playoffs. And I used to never think that that was a real thing, but you can see, like you see what happens with Toronto, right? And they won today, you know, good for them, but you can just see when a team doesn't understand how to play in the playoffs, like this team tonight, you would never see a performance from it. Like just in the radio season, Leon wouldn't fortune. Did Leon, Leon does not forecheck at all. Like does Leon ever forecheck? He stands there with his stick and tries to knock down the breakout pass every single time. I don't think he had more than two hits on the forecheck in the entire regular season. This game, he was such, a beast i was so impressed i i i cannot tell you how much i love the play of leon dress and i know he did i don't even think he ended up with getting a shot on goal this game i don't think he got a shot and this is this might be one of my favorite games i've seen from him just from the other elements i've never seen someone that can take abuse like that albeit you know abuse that's within them of the lines of the game not just alex petrangelo swinging like he's king arthur trying to take his hands off um, so yeah, there's that. And he just, he invites the contact. He's so dominant. You can't get in this guy's head. If, if anything, you just make him more angry. And when he's angry, he drops four goals on you. So <laughs> either way you're going to, you're screwed. You're literally screwed. There's nothing that you that there's nothing that you guys, that you, that you can do. So it's, it's really, really awesome to see. Awesome. It's, it's that it's that pissy Leon meme, right? It's the fact that he'll get in there. You're going to try and sneak up on him. Maybe a little bit of a dirtier hit from behind. He sees you coming. He, he's got the like emperor eye. He can see all 360 degrees. He knows you're coming. He's going to lay that big reverse hit. Like like I mentioned earlier on in this show, the Vegas Golden Knights, they, they talk a big game and they try and play this really physical hitting style of game. But Edmonton, when they're going, the legs are going, they're hitting people. Half the time, Vegas Golden Knights are, again, sitting on their backside. There's so much that this team can do. It's just a little disappointing when you see, like, in Game 3, that where they just don't have any momentum going for them. So if they have any chance of winning this series, they have to keep this up. Physicality wakes them up. Physicality wakes them up. Uh, one thing I do want to say, MGD corrected me in chat. Dry ended up finishing the game with one shot on goal. So I just <laughs> wanted to throw that out there. The 81 of you guys watching right now, hit that like button if you haven't already. We truly appreciate you all hanging out with us. This was a blast. And I think collectively, we all can agree that we are hoping for uh, a Dallas win tomorrow. I'll be on my couch oh, watching. Yeah. I'm just like, they're the Oilers. Man, when Max, Do- I was saying to the guys in the game over Edmonton chat that when Max Domi scored the goal, I think beliefs put Dallas up 3 nothing. I jumped off my couch like it was Nick Bukes' dad scoring. Like, like, man, Dallas Stars have become my second favorite team, not by desire, but like straight out of necessity because I, I just know it's, it's a curse. I don't know what it is. But it's, it's weird. unbelievable. Wait, what? hold on. If this holds true, what's going to happen in round yeah, three? Yeah, what's happening in the third, uh, if we'll in overtime? Well, exactly. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But let's cross that bridge when we get there. But it's either going to be Vegas, Seattle, or Dallas, Edmonton. No in between. No in between. <laughs> Vegas, Seattle is like the dream third round for the NHL. All the two newest six-manager teams playing against each other in the conference finals. Yeah. Um, yeah, but 
Shay, don't expose me. the script, man. Like, <laughs> we got we got contracts here, man. Don't expose the NHL script. Yeah, but yeah, hope huge Dallas Stars fan tomorrow. Massive. Absolutely. I am going to be, I'm going to go put on my Jake Ottinger jersey and I'm going to have a blast watching that game. But yeah, no, a full on domination from the Oilers. Like if you just look at the, they finished the game. It says only, they only got eight, uh, eight high danger chances to Vegas finish the game with four, uh, three of Vegas's four, uh, four came in the third period. And that's kind of score effects, right? We saw the Oilers kind of try and sit back later on in the game and Obviously, that's when the physicality came. But this is a team where I think the physicality wakes up. You saw Costin try and get into it. And man, was he laying the body hard. Like, Clem Costin has underratedly become one of my favorite Oilers. You know, there's just so many. Nick Bugstad, who I know was known before he came to the is not one of the most physical guys, despite being like 6'7 or what he is. He's coming out and he's just just dominating guys in the corners. He's playing as physical as you can remember. Obviously, his forechecking is one of the key reasons why they scored the first goal of the game. Uh, but yeah, no, this full on, like, what, what what else can you really say? Like, this was a drubbing. I think we all expect, just like games one and three, Vegas is going to be significantly better. We'll see what happens with the uh, with the suspensions. But uh, overall, that's kind of all my thoughts on the game. There's not really much you could say there. Is there anything else you guys wanted to add? Shade? Well, um, a part of me really wanted to see Jonathan Quicken say I yes, know like, after after nothing, I was like, I was like, re- I really hope I was really hoping they would pull Aiden Hill. And who knows? Maybe if we keep scoring on Aiden Hill in game five, maybe they put quick in game six because of the veteran experience. Who knows? 100% will be a narrative. Yeah, I, I hope that happens. And I mean, if Jonathan Quick goes in, we score eight goals, I'm not to be honest, but yeah, um, we'll see what happens. Obviously, the Baswa injury is really tough for Vegas. Never want to see that, especially, you know, it's a former Oiler, right? He spent, even even his junior career, right? He played for the Oil Kings. So, um, hopefully, Baswa gets healthy as fast as he can. But, um, yeah, um, also the book on Aiden Hill, I I, I, I think it was Oil and Gold. Yeah, Oil and Gold. I saw the thread. Uh, he's pretty slow at reacting to um, wraparounds. Uh, usually when he's in his butterfly, the uh, entire upper upper net is open. So, um, yeah, just keep picking those spots and they'll be fine. Absolutely, I'm glad you put. I'm glad you put that out there. There was one play that I should have wrote before we wrap up. I want to say there was a play Stuart Skinner had. Hit. Whenever Stu handles a puck, Jack is the one thing Jack handles is he's a better puck handler than Stuart Skinner. Yeah. Like full stop. Can't no debate. Jack had a or, or Stu had a play where he passed the puck to Leon Drysaddle in front of the net, like no goalie, like just Leon in the puck. If Leon mishandles that, that's a goal for Vegas. Uh, and that scared the crap out of me. So I just want to say good on Leon for saving that one. But uh, yeah, Dennis, anything else you want to add today? Uh, not a whole lot. Like I mentioned earlier, they uh, the Oilers, if they keep playing like a wagon, they're going to win this series. And I, I think a lot of people are picking the winner of this series to win the cup it look at the performances it's hard to say no to that um one last comment from me uh i'm happy that we got the win but guys there's now another sort of a storyline going on here brett kissel for the national anthem <laughs> yay or yeah. nay hell no <laughs> no he's a curse you heard it here first, guys. Uh, that's it for us tonight. So next game, we're looking at Friday. Finally, we got the start time. It's obviously going to be in Vegas. It's an 8 p.m. start time, mountain time. So another late game, but hey, we'll have the show right afterwards. So tune in to the next game over Edmonton. That's it for us tonight. And for another time with Shay, let's play Play La Bamba, baby. baby. Good night. Appreciate it. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.